Hey, everybody. Uh, we've got an interesting first-run bald movie this week. It's a Netflix original that came out uh, uh, several weeks ago, over a month ago. Yeah. Was, isn't this a 2018 movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sure if it, I wasn't even sure if it came out in uh, late November or December, um, but it is. It had. It was of some note because it's was made by Alfonso Cuaron, who is a filmmaker of note. It was shot mm-hmm. black and white. It's like a very historical, um, loosely autobiographical, uh, based on the life of Alfonso and where he grew up. Uh, and interestingly, it is nominated for Academy Award for Best Picture, among others. So it got a lot of like instant credibility or people taking up and uh, sitting up taking notice. Because like late last year, we were debating about the things we were going to do differently with Bald Move and Bald Move TV. And, uh-huh. you know, we we're talking about like, you know, all the stuff that Netflix and uh, Amazon and everyone Hulu's doing these original films. And we're like, man, how long will it be till one of these things wins an Academy Award? And by God, like weeks later after that conversation, here is Roma nominated already. Um, so having said all that, we thought since there wasn't any, like a really big, um, you know, ticket movie that we want to see this week, we'd go back and check out Roma since it does have this, you know, pedigree, this, this, uh, internet fascination with it. So having said that, what did you think of this black and white film? This just, just so people know, well, I guess we should talk about our general opinions and I can, we can explain briefly what the film's about. Then we can get spoilers. Okay, I, I'm going to throw you to explain what this film is about, <laughs> because I frankly, coming out of it, have no fucking clue, um, other than a scrapbook for Quaron, like uh-huh. uh, Alfonso Quaron. Uh, this is not a movie for me, in in really any way. I like well-told, dramatic stories, well-plotted movies, intricate moving parts. This movie has none of that. Mm. Uh, This is, in my opinion, like I said, a scrapbook for Alfonso Cuaron and also just uh, an art film. I mean, that's this is a slice-of-life type of picture, and if that's what you're into, you'll probably be really into this, but it's not for me. Um I'm, I think, a little bit more sympathetic to the artsy-fartsy uh, art movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but I will say that I think the first you know, hour to hour and a half of this movie is a little bit much of that even for me. Uh, I, I mean, I, I didn't get through the opening credits before. I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to like this movie. <laughs> see, I was the whole time like I'm – see, that's the thing about the art film. Like the whole time I'm watching the credits, I'm like – what does he want me to feel? Yeah. What did it mean when the airplane crossed the 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 puddle? What did it mm-hmm. mean later when the airplane crosses behind the bizarre Mexican wrestling Mystic Man? Like what? Like I'm I'm into that kind of meta information, but like I said, like this this film was very much in danger of losing me, and not even in like I was background watching kind of ways. Like my mind would wander. Mm-hmm. I'd be watching this, and it's just kind of like I got this really languid slow pace and you know like she the one of these ladies would be doing some kind of repetitive task or they'd be walking through a city and my mind and i would start thinking about i wonder what country this is i wonder what time this is supposed to be (laughs) and then like you know this reminds me and i started having these reveries and then i'd wake up and i'd be like uh, in it's two minutes into this intense spanish conversation i'm like oh fuck i gotta rewind to figure out and then I don't know if the director meant it. Like that's the other thing is one of the reasons I'm more, I guess, open as bullshit is because I'm thinking Quran. 
is he want to feel is this like want to have the feel of like you know a person reflecting over their life and they're like maybe this is like uh, they can't sleep and they're they're restless and like are they trying to recapture some kind of feeling like what yeah i think this is uh alfonso cor on stranger things like this is him yeah writing a love letter essentially to his childhood even though it's like got a lot of traumatic history behind it and i did a little reading on it but uh uh-huh so, uh, yeah. So, but then it gets to the hour, hour and a half point, and it hits a moment that I don't want to spoil. I'm, I'm, we'll talk about Amelia here in the spoiler section, but it hits a moment where, like, I don't think I've ever, like, experienced this type of moment as vividly and viscerally as I had. And then, no sooner had I caught my breath from that moment, than they hit me with another moment that was, like, just the most, one of the most dramatic, harrowing things I've ever seen. And then, right as I was kind of, like, reeling and figuring out how I felt about that, they hit me with another fucking like thing that blew my mind, and this movie closed incredibly yeah. strong. And I guess one of the debates I want to have in the spoiler section is: Did we need ninety minutes of this agonizingly <laughs> glacially placed? Just, I mean, that's realistic, right? In in real life, oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of the movie because, like, they're you know broadly, this is trying to tell us tale of a time in Mexico where there is a huge yeah. disparity between wealth and inequality and political strife and like what does day-to-day look like at the boundary of those intersections what does it look like Uh until it reaches a critical breaking point and this movie but i think that's almost describing too much intention to the film i think the film wants to sit you the, the, the area where i think it succeeds the most is simply sitting you in a situation with actors who feel like they are not even acting i honestly felt like i was in the middle of a mexican is it a Mexican family? I don't know. The the wife yes. of, of this the, is this the is, husband is so a gringa. Is a, is a district of Mexico City. It, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, and people probably wondered, oh, what the fuck? This doesn't play, take place in Rome. That's what I thought it did until yeah, like this thing started. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just a neighborhood in Mexico City, um, where apparently Quaron grew up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I I felt very much like they had just set a camera. You know, then there's pans and stuff, and it's very beautifully shot uh top to bottom but it it immersed me in that life see, and that was the the shining uh facet of this film to me um so so to me like i i have an easy time ascribing intention to because like i i love this guy's work like this is the guy who made sure e. I Mama too. Children, Men, my favorite yeah. harry potter children men gravity like i think all of this is an intention and like the thing is, is I'd oh, I'd come so close to writing the movie off until I think he sprung the trap that then like I almost need this. And I probably will see it again because Cecily wants to see it. Um, I probably will see it again I, I, on second watch. I'm going to be looking to see the ways that he if he is building like these tensions, because, again, I've. You know, I've never I've never seen like a story told quite that way. And if you just started like I'm thinking like what if we started 15 minutes before the 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 the, the thing that happens and like this is like a 60 minute film instead of a two and a two hour and 20 minute film. Does it still work as well? I almost want to say I, it I, would. I think it would. And I think it could it could work just as well, if not better, in in my opinion, right. if there was some intentionality in the plot. Like, right. I, I honestly feel like it meanders for an hour and a half just simply sitting in the living room of this, this family's house. But that feels Whereas like... I look like... I look at movies like The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. um, th- those 
those types of movies that have a similar pacing, a similar style that I love. I absolutely mm-hmm. love. And it's because Full Metal Jacket's actually a really good comparison. Or, or The Godfather. That's, like that's another one because that's like two, three movies jammed up inside each other's ass. And this movie yeah, feels like, like that three too. hours long. And, yeah. But I never feel like there's a wasted second. I always feel like the plot is driving forward. And this, I never felt that until, like you said, maybe 30 minutes to to the end of the film. And they just start hitting you with big scenes. But I don't honestly know how they how they really connect in in terms of a narrative and a plot. I think it's an emotional palette they're trying to work with. Yeah, I don't like that. That's that's why I say this movie is not for me. I don't say it's bad. How do you tell the story? Can we... So, um... I was going to lay out briefly the, 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 the premise of this movie. The premise of this movie is in the 1970s, Mexico City. There is a middle class, upper middle class uh, family of kind of like the European Mexican uh, peoples, the light skinned Mexican peoples that are living in this kind of villa, villa. Uh, and they have some uh, native Mexican peoples uh, that mm-hmm. are their housekeepers. And. Um, it's essentially like they're like it's it's contrasting the kind of petty reversals of this wealthy family with the serious like shit that's happening to this um, this 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 house servant. Um, but then it juxtaposes it against like this this societal upset that's growing in the background, these riots and these protests and how the different classes are reacting to that. And so like this is the, so now we're going to get into spoilers because I think the thing that this thing, this, the, the, when this film finally engaged, what it did is like, because I feel like right now there's a lot of people that are kind of holding their breath because they're like, there's th- things simmering in our country. Okay. Yeah. And like there as outbreaks of violence here and there, but like it's, it's, it feels like it's, it's, it's kind of a powder keg. And, but yet each day that we show up in his studio, it doesn't really feel appreciably worse or different. Right. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's like this movie was saying that like when that fall finally comes and there's this moment where this, you know, the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, what's her name? Um, Cleo, Cleo, Cleo. I don't know how to say it. Cleo's in the city and she's, you know, going to get checked out and, and probably give birth. It's her time. Um, like this, just just violent riot, like almost civil war breaks out in the city, mm-hmm. and it starts off as a protest that people are just kind of walking through, and like he captured, like I don't know what that feels like, but he captured like the the subtle change of the atmosphere and the first gunshot and how people sound and what like a whole city running would sound like, and. I thought that was like incredible. And I'm like, that's probably mm-hmm. what it is. It's like afterwards you're like, Oh yes, of course this is the day everything went down, but no one wakes up that morning and thinks, Oh boy, this is the day. Sure. Everyone's spoiling it because, and, and I think that's, that's kind of the intention to show like how, you know, those societal tragedies also are connected to these personal tragedies. Like would Cleo have miscarried her baby if it wasn't for the riot that she got caught up in the middle of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what if she had given the baby, brought the baby to full term? Would that be better or worse for her? How did she feel about it? And contrasting the stoicism of her, like, all the way till the end until she kind of has a breakdown with kind of, like, the histrionics of <laughs> the, up, the the upper middle class family, I think that's what this film is all about. But yeah, do, I, do I you think need, you're right, but it, for me... Do like, you they, need that 90 minutes? Yeah, they never... They, they fail in those first 90 minutes to really set up any stakes for me, um, which... I'm all about like I I want to I want to feel the drama and I never felt the drama until maybe the final scene Mm -hmm. um, where 
essentially she walks up to the rooftop after, you know, having s- sort of come to terms with the things that have happened to her. So, mm-hmm. like, I, the, the fact that they don't set up any stakes whatsoever at the beginning of the movie leaves me feeling like I have wasted a good chunk of time to get to something that that may mean a little bit more, uh, but could have meant so much more if I were given some some sort of stake, some sort of investment in why I should care about this. Yeah. In the, in the early goings of the film. Um, there is, I, 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 there's a couple of scenes that are, um, like the naked, uh, Kung Fu fighting demonstration. Uh, man, what, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I mean, I guess, I think I, I I don't know. I mean, that's just a bizarre scene. I think it's supposed to show like how this could be like this could be like a that's definitely a red flag type of behavior. But how it could also yeah. be seen as kind of intense and charming to a girl who, as this is her first time that she's ever been with a man, and then like I I, I guess I. I I kind of want to push back on saying there's no stakes because I think, you know, when you have this girl that's pregnant and she's in a situation, there's, there, 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 yeah. there are, there are stakes, but like, I also agree with you and that even though I was aware of the stakes and I was kind of invested because I kind of should be, I didn't feel it. Like I really they don't was tell like you how she bored. feels. I was, she doesn't ever say how she feels about this pregnancy until the very end of the movie after the wave, the, the scene at the beach, like there's no indication as to, does she want this baby? Does she feel like the only indication there that she's, you know, a little disturbed yeah. by it is that he's not with her yeah. and, and not, you know, keeping up his end of this responsibility. But does she want to get pregnant at all? Like, I don't I, think. And then there's a how couple, does she feel about it? And they never tell me that until it's too late. There's it's a couple of things they do that are really anything. interesting. Like when she first says, she goes to her housekeeper and or her employer and says, you know, I got left high and dry and I'm pregnant. And the housekeeper's very, or the, the house owner is pretty sympathetic, more so than I was going to think was going to happen. And one of her sons comes in and says, you know, why is Cleo crying? She's like, oh, because she has a tummy ache. And he grabs her tummy and says, pain, pain, go away. Mm-hmm. I want this pain to go away and like rubs her tummy. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is like some kind of like, uh, you know, mystical curse that is we're going to later and so i guess i was thinking that like i and i don't know whether that that little thing that was either intentional i ran with but i thought they were telling a pretty clear line of she would like if there was any way that she could see in her social contract to get out of this thing she would but she can't Uh, yeah I, i never saw the evidence for that um, I saw a lot of bad omen type stuff happening, like right. the breaking of the cup. But she and... is so, I mean, that's the thing. She is so damn stoic that uh-huh. um, it, it's, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's very, and I, I think the movie like leans into that because there's several people at peripheral characters, like when they contrast like the New Year's Eve celebration that the upper class is having with the lower class and the lower class people are like, oh, you know, these rich people, like they got all these they got all these problems and they think they're living and they're like the, the interesting things that like the, the, like the lower class says the, to make the shitty system. Okay. Like, well, yeah, we're poor and we're poor and we're miserable and we have worse education and health outcomes. But, but have you seen how crazy these fucking rich people are in the, in, in the house? Like, um, and then like the really weird scene of the forest fire, 
where yeah, these like this... natives are desperate, like, holy shit, this could catch and like take the whole thing down. And like the middle class people are still drinking and toasting and one guy's yeah, singing outlaw sign. And but but they should because they have a fuck ton more to lose than the native people. No, they don't. Though they don't? No. Their house and all that shit burns down? Yeah, they'll just buy another house and yeah. move on. These people will lose their fucking homes yeah. and be destitute on the streets with nobody to support them. Yeah, they mm. have no lifelines. The rich people have everything. So, mm. yeah, I but I don't understand the singing of the song. I don't know if that's, like, some important song within the, the Mexican culture. Uh, this guy in the ghillie suit just looking looking off into the middle distance right. as it burns and he's singing and well he's like it's like it's, i don't fucking get it there's something to like this like the most european of the dudes um wearing what i take to be like an authentic mexican like sell it like it, it looks like some kind of um you know aztec get up yeah. Uh, and he's like so he's essentially doing some kind of like take on probably some appropriate in mexican culture and he's singing this thing while literally mexico city burns like this is why me, this is why it's not for me because no, I, I don't i don't have enough context to appreciate well, plus it's also heavy-handed as doing. fuck like i think i mean but, but <laughs> okay. the thing is, is the excuse is like alfon Quran Quran can say well you know what i saw my drunk german uncle do this in the 70s and i guess like i because that's the thing like i when i was watching the scene i'm like holy fuck i don't want to believe that like wealthy people would act this way in this circumstance but that's just because I want them to be better. It's not because I have evidence that that the at like like and I'm not talking about like I'm sure there's angels and devils in every class, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah. I'm saying like if you had to say the average middle class person it can in this situation in the seventies, would they act more like these oblivious and they're not evil. Like, you know, the 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 woman that runs the house is pretty sympathetic towards Cleo, but yeah. there's the stakes. You can just tell the stakes and the 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 uh the 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 personal investment the skin in the game is not anywhere near the same yeah no i agree with that um i just wish i guess that either a i had a hell of a lot more context for this whole thing uh-huh. or that the movie gave me a lot more uh narrative to understand the context in. yeah well so I, so I didn't know is i wasn't sure as mexico like this could have been like venezuela or it could have been like a yeah. bunch of different places that uh in south and central america that have had a lot of these similar kind of uh sources of strife and like and also like i didn't know is autobiographical so i was i was even mm-hmm. thinking that this could be like some kind of like pan's labyrinth is set in a particular time, but also like you're, you, you're, it also is not like a really true story or based <laughs> on anything, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I wonder if he's going like this kind of direction where it's like kind of loosely set in the time. It's kind of like a legion or um, like that uh, Umbrella Academy where it's maybe not supposed to be in a particular time or place. This is just like a story of class struggle distilled. But no, it is. It's actually a portrait of a place in time. So like some of these things that silly that happen. He's like, well, this is just the, re- this is just the life that was happening before yeah. society kind of ripped into. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I mean, I'm that lines up with a lot of my interests, but this movie really struggled. Like I said, at the end, I'm glad I saw it, but you have to take an unusual amount of stiff drink and, and bad medicine, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to, to get to that point where the movie justifies itself. No, it almost feels like the name, Roma is honestly like a description of its audience. Like if you, if you are intimately familiar with both the, the life, the culture and the politics of Mm. Mexico city at the time, 
then you will understand and appreciate this movie far more do, than someone from the Midwest of America could. But don't you see, because, like, I guess that's the other thing is, like, I, I found it pretty easy to move the labels around and... Well, the the one area that I found that to be true is the political strife going on. Like, uh-huh. when I read, um, I can't remember where it was, but a, a sort of breakdown of, you know, the, the politics and everything that was going on at the time, mm-hmm. it, it read like an article from the New York times about 2018 America, right? Right. right. This authoritarianism, uh, it it all, yeah, it it all lines up. It, it, it paints a pretty bleak picture of the future Mm -hmm. of America, Mm -hmm. uh, based on the context from the seventies of Mexico. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I mean, you can draw a lot of parallels because it does seem like the twenties of the 21st century is kind of so far going down like the thirties and the 20th century. And you could like, you know, you could make this movie set in 1930s Germany. You can set this in the 30s in Italy. You can set this in like so many, um, you know, like I said, random South and Central American governments in the 40s, 50s and 60s and 70s. Um, These are things that like, uh, you know, like I, I, I must be pretty frustrating as a historian nowadays to, you know, see society go through these things and be like, oh, well we're going to be smart enough to avoid it, but like, it doesn't <laughs> no, seem not. like necessarily. I mean, I, I guess like we are going to go through around the history to determine that fact. Uh, we, we'll see. And I'm like, there yeah. is value in the, like maybe showing that this is not like, you know, like we, we get like really fixated on the Nazis and like fat, like that kind of fascism. Right. But mm-hmm. like, this is, you know, there are no Nazis. There are no scary symbols. There's no like, you know, there's, I guess, a yeah. maybe a death squad or proto death squad, but it didn't. What it didn't seem like that. It, it seems silly. It didn't seem frightening. If you if you showed up at these dumb fucks practicing the broomstick moves in front of this Hulk Hogan dude standing on one foot, you'd be like, this is a joke. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, they show up in their capital city at a protest and start gunning people down, like. And, and they're paid for who, by the the government, trained by the government. Like, yeah, who's the, asleep at the switch here? Everyone, right? Everyone, yeah. It's it's not like something like oh, those fucking Germans or those Japanese. They really let their eye off the societal ball. It's like everyone wants to like put their head down, and so it's like, so I'm I feel like I'm we're both arguing for the merits of this movie and why it's important, but we're both saying it, it <laughs> like we're both saying is it ultimately worth it or. What could have been a more effective way to get across that message? Um, I don't know. And it, every, it, everything doesn't have to be for everybody. And holy shit, yeah. this is some tough sledding. If you've got, if you like, I thought um, everything about the 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 pro, the protests that turned violent leading to the miscarriage was some harrowing shit. Like. Um, I just felt so bad for Cleo where she's like seeing, you know, she's got to deliver in the middle of all this and she's seeing them trying to save her baby and she can understand what they're saying. And it's like, and, and knowing what's going through her head and the, and the benefit of hindsight, like what a, I mean, that's as bad as anything I've seen in Schindler's list, you know, okay. like it's, it's not like that level of like pandemic suffering, but it's like an individual suffering, um, and I guess maybe that's what I like about it. If I'm a mother uh, or father who just miscarried a baby and I watch this show like anywhere within like a year of that event, I don't, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, even. It should have a trigger warning or something. Even as a, a white man in America who doesn't have nor intends to have children uh, in the future, this was 
an extremely rocking scene. Like, yeah. and I don't mean that from like a, a sort of Oz badass. I mean mm-hmm. it from like it. It's affecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter who you are, and it was like there, that. there. This there's so this arc of where it feels. It felt like I thought like Cleo's going to be like this kind of. Um, because the other thing is, like, there's there's a lot of, like, whimsy, and, you know, even though the things are bad, there's, like, these comedic moments where the mother is, like, fucking the dad sedan by, like, wrecking it through the the tunnel and, and like, taking all these uh, attempts to, you know, destroy his favorite car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I thought Cleo might be, like, this almost kind of, like, um, you know, Juno-type figure where she's just going to triumph over, and maybe she does, but there's this scene where she goes to track her you know, the father of her child down and he dismisses her in the most savage way possible. Uh, like calls her a fucking servant, threatens to beat her and her unborn child till they die. If you ever, and like that from that point in the movie, like Cleo just gets shit on. Like she gets caught in the middle of a civil war. She delivers a stillborn child. Um, then she's forced to go on what is billed as a vacation where the mother is going to drop the truth bomb that her, their, the, the, all the children's father, she's like the, the weird, fucking um you know uh a, a mary poppins character of these children and she's after she's gone through all this and she's like deeply depressed she has to be like the emotional core for this family who's lose like you know their kids are going through divorce that's pretty bad but fuck and then she has to mm-hmm. rescue these children and she can't even so like i i'm like oh fuck this movie's going to kill two more kids <laughs> yeah i mean that that, that is certainly is like the series of events that i was like okay there's something to keep me uh, interested at the end of this, but getting to that is a slog. Um, uh, I, I think there there are a couple of scenes that uh, I, you have to give it up for the cinematography in this film. Like, right, it is gorgeous. Um, the black and white choice is a really strong one, uh, and I feel like it works completely. Uh, there's a scene. How does it work completely? Because I I kept on thinking like, why this just seems like it adds an extra level of pretension to an environment that would probably be rich and lovely in color. I don't know. I guess if if this were in color, I would start thinking more about how bored I am, <laughs> as opposed to like, what is this movie trying to say to me? I uh, I almost like feel like it lends an artsy quality to it that encourages me to think about okay, it more. Like it, it puts your mind into a phase where it's yeah. like I'm ready to receive this pretentious wavelength, right? Right, where I would almost, like, expect something... I would expect more of this movie if it were in color in a mm. weird way. Mm. Uh, that may not be fair, but that's how I felt. Uh, but the scene where she goes to confront Fermin, I think is his mm-hmm, name, mm-hmm. Uh, and then the martial arts scene that happens there, that's, in my opinion, one of the most gorgeous scenes. Like, just looking over the landscape here in that mm-hmm. giant yard where these people are practicing martial arts with the big hill in the back and... I mean, it's a gorgeous shot, and then some of the stuff that they it's do. Very on Wes the beach. Anderson, like it's very whimsical. Like you know what I'm saying? Like in, in a weird in way. That movie, yeah. I, I kept yeah. on waiting for this movie just to go full on whimsical, like Isle of Dogs or shit. Like you know, but it, it, so anyway, continue. Yeah, and then you know the beach scene um, uh-huh. and the birth scene. Uh-huh. Both of those are just harrowing, affecting uh, visuals. Honestly, did you like him making a Latin version of Gravity? A 1970s <laughs> version of Gravity so and, sh- and a, shoving it into the, the I mean, that's film. a real movie, right? Is it? I think so. It's from like the 50s or something. I, I want to oh, say see, this I is thought, like a I movie thought from I was convinced. Childhood. I didn't didn't research it, but I was convinced that he like like slyly oh, worked, in, be that worked in a scene from Gravity. 
Right. And he actually, because I'm like, this special effects are actually kind of maybe too good for what it is. Like, <laughs> this looks like someone with 2019 technology making a slick 1970s. But I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if that's an actual scene from the movie or if it's uh, a recreation of it with 2019 tech. I'm not sure. Because, like, the MM, like, the maneuvering units they had, like, all everything looked like really modern for early gotcha. 70s. But I, I definitely thought, oh, he put this in here as a slight mm-hmm. nod to gravity. Oh, yeah. Which I gotta say, I like his more uh, more narrative driven films a lot better. Children mm-hmm. and Men, one of my favorite movies. Gravity was awesome. Uh, this not so much for me. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's not narratively driven because there's definitely a narrative there. It's just like it's a different type, and it's like you have to. This movie wants you have you, to tease out the narrative yourself. You have to like be patient as hell and just let like a movie kind of wash over you for about ninety minutes for it to work. Um, and I know, like, again, that's, I think seven years ago, I turned this movie off like 45. Again, mm-hmm. I, I like watching this kind of movie, but I, I also know that I have a certain pr- particular appetite for this type of like, and it's, it's not immense or infinite. And I think I would have been like 45 minutes into this and be like, okay, fuck all this. I don't know what it's trying to say, who's trying to say it for, <laughs> but like, and now that I'm doing this professionally, I've. You know, like it's whatever, man. I'll sit and watch a two-hour, fifteen-minute film, and so I can say exactly. But it surprised me. I got to say, it surprised me because I, I was going to write a scathing review. Like mm, this yeah. is a complete waste of time. The Academy is out of their fucking minds. This this Quran guy shoots in black and white, and they're just like, oh, like oh yeah. my god. The I still feel five, that way. five minutes uh, of suds on a driveway. Oh, I gotta have more. Like, but then, yeah, that last forty-five minutes. It didn't completely change mine, but it did redeem my personal experience with the movie. Yeah, no, I, I still feel like this is a artsy fartsy uh, masturbation movie uh, for the most part. I, th- I think it's a scrapbook for Alfonso Cuaron in a lot of ways. I think this is probably the least interested I am in any of the Oscar films. Uh, Black Klansman, in my opinion, is probably the front runner of the ones i've seen so far with maybe a star is born right behind it i still want to see vice too that's the one that's like yeah the, dick cheney christian bale yeah yeah because we've seen a lot of we were just going through and we realized that between the two of us we only ha- i think each have to see two more movies i've seen the complete suite now that we oh, got okay. Roma under a belt like i have to see yeah, vice and star is born and you have to see uh a vice and there's something i've seen and you haven't uh, Green Book's in there, which I, I don't think either oh, of us have seen. Oh, maybe we have Maze 2 and a, like, it's like two. We got two and a half movies to watch, and we, we have seen them all. But um, This would not be my pick. I'll no, say. maybe for cinematography. Sure. I, yeah, well, like, it's there's, gorgeous. Everyone loves this movie. I actually, and whenever you got like a 97% critical fresh, I start looking for the tomato, re- the, the, the splat, the green splat reviews. Yeah, yeah, they're hard to find. And there is one that's like... You know, they say that the classic phrase is every frame of painting, and this certainly pro- applies to this movie, and I think they should have just hung it up in an art gallery somewhere and just <laughs> dispense with the effort of watching the film. And I I feel that review. I think it's borderline unfair with the last hour of the film, but, like, the first hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, that's – it's a gorgeous film that, like, apparently nothing is happening, and you have to – Always be on guard, uh, or at least I have to. The the, the Aaron and as his in his current age and his current <laughs> had to had to really work at staying staying invested and involved in in the film. Um, I think there's a fine line for me between you know this idea of show don't tell. Uh, there's a fine line where you can go too far with that, and in my opinion, for for me personally, this movie goes too far in that direction of 
telling me nothing Mm -hmm. absolutely refusing to tell me what's happening in any scene and Mm -hmm. why i should care about it and simply saying this is a scenario in which we're going to put you and you are going to by the end of it feel it and understand it on it's almost like a david lynch thing where i i don't want to engage on that level with my entertainment and Uh You know, if if like the, you'd almost if you want to call a me a simpleton for liking to be entertained by my media, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fine. I don't care. I think I, he, I don't like art films, but I think also like you would be down to watch like a three-hour documentary about like this oh, particular revolution. Yes. Like, like you just don't like when they get jammed up. Like, there's way too much informing going on in this entertainment and or, or then when there's way too much entertainment going on in a documentary we both like yeah. think that's bullshit or, or they're not using the showing to yeah. actually tell me they're simply showing something yeah yeah and and i i never felt like i was being told anything in this movie and a lot of people yeah. are going to view that as a virtue but i think th- that's the story of this movie to me is its virtue is also cut the other way uh-huh. uh for me personally uh-huh. where Yes, I recognize that it's doing a beautiful thing here. It's setting up a story that you're going to simply be dropped into and feel mm-hmm. on an intuitive level. That cuts the other way where I'm bored as hell yeah. most of the time because that's what life is, right? Yeah, and I also think that it's this boring, is... boring, boring, punctuated by excitement. Some of these, and the other thing is like, I would not be shocked if like at 60, I go back and watch this film and think of it completely differently. Um, but yeah. I think that some films especially the artsier and fartsier you get, the more you have to have like, you know, it's like a 101 level of film understanding doesn't cut it. You need to be in that 201, 301 postgraduate degree to where like, number one, the novelty of what you're seeing is going to override the fact that you had to like, as I think a guy like Roger Ebert, this is an easy four star for him. And he would be like, he'd probably say like, it's very slow and like threatens to lose you. But like the last 45 minutes justify almost anything. Cause I've never seen anything like it. And like a guy like that's like, he'd rather see, he'd rather sit through seven and a half of the first half of half of Roma's rather than one fucking Michael Bay transformer film for sure. You know? And like, I think (laughs) frankly, so would I, right, 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 (laughs) right. But I understand. Yeah. But like, as you, I think as, as you get more, I don't know sophisticated is the right word, but like articulate in the language that like you start, the the showing you start getting told more to. And I think that you and I both are just on that cusp where we can see what it's trying to do, but uh, and, and it does work on a particular level if you just like, OK, well, I don't understand it. You know, like I'm essentially watching without the subtitle. Yeah, it's almost like that. We wa- it felt like watching a foreign film without subtitles until you get to like an action scene where the subtitles don't matter anymore. And that's what it felt like for me when I got to that, you know, that 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 Civil War slash uh, yeah. stillbirth slash kids almost drowned to see like mm-hmm. I didn't need like like the, 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 that that narrative just carried it like the showing tell but like i think if i knew a little bit more about what filmmakers are trying to do with particular techniques i think i would have been told more and yeah, i'd have been probably more sure. invested no it's a it's a a film critics film right it's a filmmaker's film right. it's not and that's 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 a, a public film and i could understand if the academy wanted to say this is the best film sure. of 2018 because maybe it is and like you know we're talking like direction we're talking cinematography like i don't even have a problem with that but yeah but it's like it's so when you say it's a critics film, like that's both a warning and an advertisement. Absolutely. Like if you're yep. like a film student or you just love, you, you know, you, you know, you know, you know, you're the type of person that's going to like this movie. Have you gone to an art film and seen a show that's not in wide release? 
you're <laughs> probably going to like this film. Or if you stick with it, you're going to feel like it's a it's a worthwhile material. If you're a person that like doesn't really get out of this, the megaplex, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. going to essentially be wandering into like a 301 astrophysics course and be like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, the the best example I can give from my own personal history to kind of make people understand where I'm coming from is when I was 14, uh-huh. I absolutely loved Star Wars and everything around George Lucas, right? Mm-hmm. The prequels hadn't come out. Original trilogy was my fucking life. Right. I watched THX 1138. Mm-hmm. I hated that movie. Sure. I hated that fucking movie. And that was George Lucas's precursor to Star Wars, Uh which was him trying to do more of an art kind of thing Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, this pulp kind of serialized uh, space opera. So, like, I know what kind of movies I like. Mm -hmm. And just because I don't like this doesn't mean someone else won't like it. Doesn't mean it's not a good film. Just means I don't like it. Uh Anything else that we want to say about this film? I, I get, there were a couple of scenes that were also affecting um, that weren't the the three big ones that mm-hmm. are kind of the whole, the landmarks of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she walks out of that theater, where where her and Fermin were seeing the movie. Oh yeah. It, it, if if this is an accurate representation of street life in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. I want no. I I couldn't tolerate it for more than fourteen seconds. Like uh, the scene that they showed was too long, and I was losing my mind. Yeah, with people shouting and these puppet dances and this guy banging on a thing and see, I, I just mean, the chaos. And it was always pure chaos on the streets. Right. That's and I wonder if that's this like this fucking marching band. That is a god awful marching band. <laughs> I wonder. See, and that I I wonder if um myself, like, is that what it's supposed to look like, or is that juiced up because like you're no you're supposed to understand that like this is all overwhelming her because she's processing gotcha like i mean this fuck what'd you say his name's fermi or whatever for i think this fucking guy my only hope in the movie is that he got his yeah like once he walked like that's and then they do the scene where like well there's just no way that he doesn't and later on he pulls a gun on her and it doesn't shoot her and i'm like oh this movie hasn't forgotten about this fucker he's he's gonna show up dead and something but no no uh, and but that's, I mean, I, I that's the thing. Like I felt like this movie felt real in a way that if it's uh-huh. more Hollywood, where you'd actually get inside the rebels' room and they're being like, "This motherfucker is doing this," and they're hinting at like when you, yeah, like like the way these middle class to upper class people live contrasted to these lower class, where like they go to their city and it's essentially mud ditches. Uh-huh. You know, with like this authoritarian, like you should be thankful of the water that you're having to make this mud. Like, yeah. like that's all stuff that you're absorbing. But like in a more Hollywood, you would actually have defined sides where, you know, you'd have the generalissimo smoking cigars on a balcony and telling let and eat cake. And you'd have yeah. but they don't give you this is all just happening in the background. And you and, and you like many people do like you ignore it until it's too late and uh um, and then you never get answers to, yeah. to questions you have like i i respect what it's doing i just it's yeah not not something because like that's that's real life you know like she never sees that guy again and right she doesn't yeah. know what happened real to life him. he never shows up on the news and, yeah it's, sometimes shit just happens and yeah. people muddle through and for sure that's a cool story to tell and i wish i I wish I could engage with more it more fully because the last the la- like I said the last forty five minutes are pretty accessible to anybody that has you know a heart. Um, but 
but it's oh getting yeah i mean there. that last moment there. of the film um mm-hmm. like i said the very final scene almost there, there are a series of scenes at the beach and after the beach where i think like it has the most heart of anything i've seen in the movie it 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 paints the clearest picture of right. you know someone someone a, a family who's coming together and and not like in a traditional fam family sense mm-hmm. more of like a these are people who understand each other and like can can support each other in a, mm-hmm. in a way that they need it mm-hmm. that was i felt really poignant at the end of this film and it was like the one time where i ever really felt anything like that mm-hmm. in the film what what do you think of this this little kid who uh thinks he's a reincarnated sailor who died in a storm <laughs> I, I think it's pepe is that his name yeah i thought i was annoyed by the kids mostly because it's just like they really? they, they didn't know any better they're cute enough but like uh, you know it's like i because i was fully aware what cleo was going through i mostly thought these kids are like just just uh, fucking let this let, leave this leave this little girl alone you know go fucking pester somebody else with your pretending to be dead and <laughs> you know it was like kind of it was i i kind of thought it was cute like i actually thought i had a note about like i thought the scene where you know again where this movie is just kind of fucking around where the kid's like i'm dead and she lays down beside him they had like that's kind of very neat and i could see that being ripped completely out of alfon Quran's life i mean it's like is alfonso uh pepe or pepe or what's his uh, name what'd you say his name was i think it's pepe yeah is is because like uh, yeah i'm, I'm not he, sure if, if so is. i thought he's kind of a shit it's not your fault you didn't know like you know nobody's fault everybody's got their own shit that they're dealing with but <laughs> i i will say this this kind of leads me to maybe the subject of the acting in particular because you know, as a slice of life, I find it really hard to tell where the acting begins and the simple uh, just filming a situation that's actually happening, almost a documentarian kind of thing, start or ends. The the acting top to bottom is completely natural. Yes. I never felt like anybody was acting in this yeah, movie. Good or bad. Right. Right. It, I mean, the kids, the kids were being 100 mm-hmm, percent kids. Mm-hmm. That there was no like stilted dialogue that you right. could tell an adult wrote for them. It was they were fighting, they were right. arguing, they were yeah. throwing insults at each other. Yeah, that's really yeah, you're right. It was incredible. That the acting top to bottom is incredible in this movie. And I was thinking the whole time, like, what uh you know, this Yalitza Parico, uh, who plays Cleo, I was thinking Man, this performance is asking her to almost completely Padme Amidala the whole thing. Like she just everything is just uh, like she might smile at her boyfriend, um, she might yeah. look pensively about her future, but she's just very even keeled. And until the last third of this movie, where she actually gets to do some pretty incredible work. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. it's like that's the thing. Is it incredible? Like it's very showy. Like, you know, like when you're watching right. true detective, we like this week, like what, like, uh, Mahershala is doing is fucking amazing. Yeah. And then like what those two detectives are doing in the bullpen is like horse shit. Like it's great <laughs> acting. It's bad acting. Like the completely natural acting where it just feels completely real is almost, isn't that harder to do? I think it's harder. Yeah. It's because like a carpenter you where you to... can't tell how the wood's joined. Like, there's no, yeah. you can't see nails. How did <laughs> right, this fucker or seams do it? Or... Yeah, how did he do yeah. this? Like, it's two different woods. Where are they joined together? Like, that's more amazing than if you just like, oh, well, there's a fucking screw right through the, the right. face. And, um, but I'm like, man, it's like, that's a really generous performance because she's like carrying this film, but she's not 
you know, she's essentially the back, uh, everyone else's emotional backboard that they dunk against. And mm-hmm. then she gets to kind of like, you know, uh, run the ball a little bit in the, the last act. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good point, especially the child acting. Um, and there's a lot of stuff like I like, um, yeah, like when the mom came out and like slapped her kid for spying on her. Oh, yeah. Like, that was so matter-of-fact, and so, like, the instant regret. If I, like, I feel like, again, a Hollywood film, that would be, a, like, a bigger moment where she would, like, slap and, like, really tear into him, and then, like, he'd run off, and she would feel... Like, but in reality, if you slap... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've never slapped my kid out of anger, but if you <laughs> did, like, I think most people's reaction would be instant horror at what they did and trying to, you know... I, yeah. Just shit like that was, like, really thoughtful, and it felt real, probably because that shit, stuff that happened to Mr. Quran. Sure. Quaron, Karen. I think it's Quaron. Quaron. Uh, um. So yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Don't 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 know how to watch it. And if I did try and say it <laughs> with any kind of uh, accuracy, it would probably just come out more Italian than uh-huh. Spanish at this point. Well, because... you know, they're kissing cousins in the the linguistics department, right? Yeah, yeah. They're both romance languages. Uh, and uh, this is a Roma film. <laughs> Anything else that we want to talk nah, about? I'm good. Uh, okay, before we go, just want to tell you what you can find on Bald Move if uh, you're you're done with your movie coverage and you want to see what else is going on over on the True Detective feed. We're covering True Detective. Um, we are loving the hell out of season three of it, and we've got one more episode to go. Uh, Bald Move TV, uh, which you can find if you go to iTunes or your podcast app and search for Bald Move TV. Uh, subscribe to that feed. We've got first looks of the Umbrella Academy, and uh, which is a Netflix original series, like a. A deconstruction of an X-Men tale. Um, and then we also saw uh, Lorena, the four-part documentary. We've actually seen both of those, and we're going to have tomorrow or Friday, this Friday, uh, kind of like a wrap-up on those pods. And next week, we're doing a first look at this giant beast that is the Global Economy documentary. Um, for Bald Movies, earlier this week, we did a review of the 2006 German film The Lives of Others as a commissioned podcast, which is... A look into the bleak and paranoid existence that is uh, the average citizen's life in East Germany in the 1980s. And, uh, yeah, I also talked about Roma. Next week, we have a blank slot on the movie schedule, which I'm not pretty busy. I'm not sure if we'll leave that uh, blank or we'll try to squeeze in one more of these uh, Oscar contenders before uh, with the, the, the Oscars come out. But that's what's going on here at BaldMove.com. Check out all those. Again, BaldMove TV and Bald Movies. those are feeds you can search for on iTunes and your podcast app. And uh, with all that said, until our next bald movie, we will see you then. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.